I got some burst speed. Honestly, I might for the 40 yard. I You're definitely... like, my 10-yard split is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My second gear might not be as good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my very good pals in fantasy and in real life, Micah Burge. The preseason is upon us, everybody. It is upon us, you're right. And Nathan McDonald. Uh, I, I'm too caught up on him saying a pongus, and I just can't let that go. So, hello everybody. I'm trying. I'm trying to coin the phrase so we can okay. have higher production value. It's like among and and upon, upon. Yeah, upon us. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He just invented a new word. I like it. I like it. All right. Get Webster online. And I'll tell you what's a a a, a punging for you, and that is. Uh, the redraft <laughs> rookie shit. The redraft running backs rankings from the fantasy football dogs. That is me, Nathan and Micah. And uh yeah, we're we're excited to get into these. Um we're fresh on. we I think uh, it's the first preseason games just got started. Of course, there's been a lot of camp news, a couple of injuries. Uh most of them minor, nothing serious. I don't think there's anything too major to get into. Um there's anything you guys want to mention go ahead now before we get into our running backs um, there's a few things like Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore and stuff like that but it's still early and we haven't gotten the diagnosis for those guys so well Ooh. I did I did see I will maybe the Rashad Bateman is worth mentioning he is going to have groin surgery and probably mm. miss week one and two is what they're expecting so and like I told y'all that Sammy Watkins early season value just keeps mm-hmm. rising. It did. Yep. Yeah, that's that's very possible. Very possible. But better, yeah, better. a couple of other little injuries here and there. But we're very excited. It's less than thirty days until the season starts, which means it is prime draft season for you guys. I am almost done with my first redraft uh, draft of the year. Um, so getting back into that frame of mind and it's a lot of fun, very exciting time of year, August and September, the beginning of football season. But, uh, with that, let's move into the running backs here and redraft uh, rankings, just to be clear, redraft running back rankings. And we're going to do it just like if you listened to last week's episode, uh, we kind of covered them in tiers. So we're going to cover them six at a time. We're going to cover like our top one through six, and then seven through 12. Talk about why they're ranked among those. And then um, at the end, we'll kind of come back and see who didn't make it in um, each other's rankings and compare and contrast our own. So uh, yeah, let's get right into that. And uh, let's have Nathan start out with his top six redraft running backs. Yes. All right. So starting out number one, this should not be a surprise to anybody, but Christian McCaffrey tops my list. Uh, There's no one like him. And when he was on the field last year, he was five points per game better than the next closest running back. So he's still a cheat code. He's still a dynamite as a receiver. So even if he's not running as much, 
yeah, he's still going to be top dog as long as he stays on the field. So McCaffrey, number one for me. Alvin Kamara comes in at number two. Uh, this is because he's going to be most of the Saints offense. Uh, I think they're going to – Latavius Murray's going to have some increased value too because they're just going to have to rely on the ground game and the running backs more. They just don't have as much of the other positions this year. But, uh, but yeah, I think Kamara, I mean, he was finished as the RB1 overall last year, RB2 in points per game. Uh, you know, he's – gotten 80 or more receptions each of his first four years. So he's a easy number two for me, but um, maybe a little bit of surprise to some people. I have Derrick Henry, number three, or some of the others. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why this guy drops so much. I guess it's because in PPR he doesn't catch as many balls. But, I mean, last year, even in PPR, he was RB4 in points per game and finished RB2 overall. And he was the only one of those top, like, nine or ten backs that played all 16 games. So that's the thing you get with Henry is he's very reliable. He's like damn near invincible and he's fantastic during the playoffs. He kind of stays the same as the season goes on and defenses get weaker. So he typically goes off in the playoffs. So I uh, love him there at number three. Number four is Dalvin Cook. Uh, don't really need to say a whole lot here. He's proven his worth already. Uh, was RB3 last year in points per game and total points. So um Love what you get for Cook. Uh, the reason he's not above Henry is because he does tend to miss games throughout his career. I know you know he only missed one last year, but uh, you know he's missed a game pretty much every season he's been in the league. So um, that's why he dipped below Henry. Uh, Jonathan Taylor comes in at number five for me. Uh, they talked about using him even more as a workhorse this year. Uh, you know they'll have to work Marlon Mack back in, and you know second year under the system, I expect uh, Taylor to get some more receiving work as well. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, even as a rookie last year, finished RB6 points per game, RB10 overall. So uh, love him there at number five. And then number six for me is Ezekiel Elliott, a guy that had a down year last year, mainly because of Dak's absence. Um, still finished RB9 overall, uh, RB10 in, or RB15 in points per game. But a lot of that was just due to Dak's absence. Um, if you look at Zeke's first five games when Dak is there, he averaged uh, over 24 points a game. So that is high-end RB1 territory. So Zeke hasn't lost you know, his ability to play running back. He's still a very, very good player. And with Dak back, I expect him to be uh, really good this year. And just another point on him, the lowest score in that span was uh, 19.4 points in those five games. So he was remarkably consistent as well. So I uh, still love Zeke there at number six. So uh, that's what I got. Will you recap that for us? Yes. Uh, uh, number one, McCaffrey. Two, Kamara. Three, King Henry. Four, Dalvin Cook. Five, Jonathan Taylor. And six, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested. I have a feeling we're going to have the same top four in some order. I could be wrong about that. But, uh, yeah, the, um, my five and six are different. Um but before I get in, you know, I'll go ahead and get into mine because I think we're going to have a, a bomb dropped by Mr. Micah. So uh, for me, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Nathan, and most people do uh, in Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's literally like starting two, two players in the same position. And in fact, I just want to comment, uh, if you draft Christian McCaffrey, I would like do zero running back minus Christian McCaffrey. Like, obviously you're not doing zero running back, but like make your first, but you get, if you have the one one take Christian McCaffrey. And then from there, literally just get, you know, at the turn, you can get like top wide receiver, top tight end. Or if you want to take a shot on Patrick Mahomes or Lamar, that's maybe a decent place to go. And 
uh, yeah, you know, just build up other positions and you can wait till like round seven and just get like three or four, uh, you know, decent uh, RB twos. And I really think that's the best way to build a team with him just because it really is like starting two players in one position. Uh, moving on, um, I have Dalvin Cook number two. Um, I think, you know, uh, they didn't do anything to add to the offense at all. It's still going to be very much focused on Dalvin Cook. Uh, they're going to be trying to get their money's worth out of him as well. So they're going to be, uh, I mean, he's, you know, of course, you know, Justin Jefferson and Thielen are there, but, um, you know, I still think it's going to be a very run-centered offense and uh, more so than some of these others. And not to mention, he still catches a lot of passes. It's not that, uh, it's not like maybe some other run-centric offenses we're going to talk about in this list and uh, uh, that where, where the running back doesn't catch the uh, ball as much. Uh, Dalvin Cook kind of does it all. So, yeah, you know, last year you mentioned him missing the game. Uh, that is true. And then he also would have ended up finishing higher if his would have missed the very last game because of his dad dying. Uh, that was a caveat to last year too. But you mentioned him being number three overall as well as points per game last year. Um, I have him at two this year. I feel pretty good about that. Number three, I have Kamara. Um, I do. This is the highest I've ever had Kamara ranked. Um, I do think that I can definitely see the argument for him being put above Cook and have him at two as you did, Nathan. Um, I think I'm just a little worried the Saints offense in general is yes, I definitely agree he's gonna be getting them so so much work, but I just think the Saints might have some problems moving the ball, especially before Michael Thomas ends up coming back. So um, you know, a lot of people project Michael Thomas being gone being a positive thing for Kamara. And I understand that from a usage standpoint, but I honestly think we're all going to be waiting for 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 T Thomas to get back and help that offense move the ball and get some touchdowns. But uh, anyways, uh, number four, I have Henry. You mentioned it. I feel bad about having him at four, but I do feel like this is a top four consensus. Like if you have one of the first four picks, these need to be one of the first four guys you're coming away with. Um, Henry, obviously the only reason why, you know, he's a little bit faded compared to these first three guys is just they all have, you know, number one receiver on their team capability Maybe not Cook, but you know uh, enough enough PPR upside to to make me put put him above uh, Dalvin Cook. But um, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Derek Henry. But definitely, as you mentioned, Henry is a beast, uh, very reliable. Uh, number five is going to be a surprise surprise to some people, and he did get a, a little hamstring nick. This is one of the things. So you know, this could cause me to push him down. We'll see if it ends up being serious and moving into the season. If it's just preseason, I'm not too worried because he's been there for a long time. But it's Aaron Jones. Um, I really do think uh, this is probably high to where compared to where a lot of people are going to have Aaron Jones, but I mean, he's finished as a top six, run, six running back three of the last four years. And uh, he is uh, just an absolute elite running back and gets slept on a lot. And now with Rogers coming back and really going to be doing everything to win every single game. And Aaron Jones is one of the people he really, really likes on the team. And that he was actually happy that they re-signed. So um you know, I really think Aaron Jones is going to have a lot of scoring opportunity. He's going to be running. He's going to be pass catching. Uh, AJ Dillon is probably going to still a little bit of work from him, but I don't think it'll be enough uh, to, to to fade him too much. Uh, Aaron Jones, number five for me. Excuse me. And number six, I have uh, my favorite player in the NFL, and that is Mr. Nick Chubb. Uh, this is, again, a very run-centered offense. Uh, now, he is a guy that – it's not that he can't uh, catch passes. He's actually very good at it, but he's not going to catch nearly as much as my first five guys here because Kareem Hunt is there serving as the third down back. Um, but, man, every time Nick Chubb – 
touches the ball, he is getting every single yard, every single, uh, you know, uh, breaking every tackle. It is, it is a hundred percent effort. And as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, if he would have stayed healthy last year, he would have finished as a top five back. So, uh, you know, I, I think this is a, th- this is a conservative ranking as long as he stays healthy, but uh, Nick Chubb, number six. So just to recap mine, I got Christian McCaffrey, number one, Dalvin cook, number two, Alvin Kamara, number three, Derek Henry, number four, Aaron Jones, number five, and Nick Chubb, number six. And uh, before me and Nathan get into any disputes about that we have here, uh, we will let Micah go ahead and do his rankings uh, so we can kind of compare everybody's. Yeah, and um, I'm glad I'm not the only one who knocked Jonathan Taylor out of his top six. I thought both of you would have him there. Um, but he didn't crack my top six. So I was very interested to see that you were on the same path as I am. But there are a couple other guys, or mainly one guy, that each of you forgot to mention, and we're going to get into it. Um, but the first guy you all both talked about, and I have Alvin Kamara as the top running back this year. Uh, dude, he's going to get an insane amount of touches now that Michael Thomas isn't going to be around for half the season, it looks like, and no one else is going to be able to get the ball. Sean Payton's a – like, I hate the guy so much, but he's an incredible coach. That I think the offense will be fine. I think Jameis is a competent quarterback. So I completely think that Kamara is going to have just a monster year. I think he's going to be um, – I don't think he's going to be able to win MVP, but I think he's going to have, like, a running back season that could get, like – people saying he should win MVP, but he won't. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's Henry, my top. If Derrick Henry can't win it off of a 2,000-yard mm-hmm. season, then Kamara probably ain't going to do it. But Precisely. And, and Josiah, what you said about, you know, with Michael Thomas coming back, I think there's two scenarios that happen. Either Kamara goes completely fucking off the first half of the season, then Michael Thomas comes back and he does solid the back half. Or he does okay with Michael Thomas gone. And then once Michael Thomas gets there, it frees things up and he does incredible through the back half of the season. So I think with Kamara, you're going to get like a monster, a complete utter like monster half of the year one way or the other. And just like completely solid getting you 25 or so points a game and other parts. So culminating in an incredible season. So I'm buying into Kamara. I'm glad you're high on him, Josiah. You're feeling it right. So number two. Bring my gong on that one. I think Nathan higher, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I do have Christian McCaffrey at number two. He came in right behind him. I, I don't think there's either way you're going to go wrong with them. He's going to if he's healthy, which he should be. All signs point to it. Last year was just kind of like some weird injuries, but he's going to be a focal point of that offense. Um, and like the three games he played, he went off. So um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be an absolute monster this year once again. Number three is a man that neither of you spoke of, but I just want to stop hearing all this shit about Saquon Barkley. And Saquon is going to get the ball so much, especially with Galladay. Looks like he's turning into his old ways of being hurt all the time. So they're going to be force feeding him. He was hurt all last year. So he wants to go out there and compete and just set the world on fire. I think this is just going to be the season that we're going to be all be reminded like, damn, like there's a reason why Saquon was so highly regarded. He was a number two pick in his class. So I think Saquon bounces back in a huge way this year. And he is my number three um, running back. Uh, number four, I have Dalvin cook. I, I don't like the quarterback situation going on in Minnesota right now. And the relationship with Mike Zimmer seems to be 
boiling. Um, I'm not looking forward to what's going to go on with the Vikings this year. But I think because of all this, Dalvin's going to get the ball a ton because they already kind of based that offense around giving him the ball. So they're going to he's going to be the focal point with all the issues going on at quarterback. And he's going to get anytime they get inside five yards, dude, they're going to give it to him every single time. Just like Derrick Henry, who is my number five running back in um, redraft this year. Uh, dude, he's going to get the ball a ton. Uh, I think now, especially with Arthur Smith being gone, I don't think they're going to utilize passing game as much. And I feel like they're really going to be running Henry just a massive amount. And I just think he's going to get just so much of a workload. And I get, you know, oh, he doesn't catch passes, but it doesn't matter. The dude ran for 2,000 yards. He's a monster. Um, take Derrick Henry. He's number five. Uh, number six, I have Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to bounce back in a huge way in a Cowboys offense that is going to be rejuvenized with hopefully a Dak Prescott. He may miss the first game or two. Who knows what's going on with his shoulder at the moment. But regardless, he still finished as a top 10 running back last year with him gone for majority of the season. And he just he's lost a ton of weight. He looks fresh. He looks really competing to prove why he's a top running back again. So I think Zeke's going to have a huge year. Um, so to recap my top six, I got Alvin Kamara, number one, Christian McCaffrey at number two, Saquon at number three, number four, Dalvin Cook, five, Derrick Henry, and at six, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Josiah, I think your mic might be off, but uh, I I was going to say, I think I have less disagreements with you that I want to go over and more with Micah. Um, so we can start off with that if you'd like. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think the big one for, for I guess, where we should start with Micah is Saquon. Um, yeah. And you can go ahead. It seems like you got some things to say about Saquon. I was going to get into Kamara and Christian McCaffrey first, but we can talk about Saquon. Um, I just have. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, since that was higher on your ranking, but um, I just think like Drew Brees did a lot of short passes to aid Kamara's production in past years. And I still think he's going to get force fed the ball a lot. I just don't know if the efficiency is going to be as it was his, his first couple of years playing with a hall of fame quarterback that likes to just dump off to him. So I can see his receptions going down. And also the last time, like in 2019, when they had full healthy seasons, um, I mean, McCaffrey was 10 points per game better than Kamara, like 10 points. So uh, I just got to go with the upside of McCaffrey on that one. Um, and the Saquon Barkley thing, I just have concerns that you mentioned they're going to like be giving him the ball nonstop. And I just don't see that being the case. I mean, he's been banged up severely the past two years. And, you know, he might not be ready for week one. I think if he is getting a ton of touches, it's going to be more towards the end of the season, which is good for playoffs. But mm -hmm. I, I have concerns that they're going to try to limit him this year and save the investment they've made in that man. Because um, the last two years, he's just been getting banged up too much. So I, I think you're going to see his, um, you know, his touches go down this year. He's he'll still be productive with them. But even last year when he was playing, he really didn't look all that great. Um, so a little high for my liking there, but uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I agree both of those complaints. And I mean, the thing is, Saquon for me, he dropped somewhat significant significantly. We'll get into him in the next year, but um, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be starting week one. I I don't think we've been confirmed. Uh, I didn't even bring it up because he's going to be out there week one. 
Guaranteed. I mean, okay, well, you might feel that way, but that hasn't been confirmed no, it, by any, any source. Yeah. So it, I think, you know, if, if he's going to miss even a week or two, like there's all these running backs that are, are just as talented or close to as talented, like that are going to be starting the season. You know, I don't have to sacrifice a week by if he if he ends up not playing. I'm just saying that okay, possibility of happening happening i don't have to sacrifice a, a week without my first round pick so that that's but like my... nathan said if he, they bring him on like a little bit slower and he has a monster second half of the year like he did in 2019 when he came back and had huge weeks 15 and 16 and won a lot of people championships like if you're yeah. if you lose if you're losing week one like and then you don't think you can make the playoffs and win a championship you don't play to win week one you play to win the championship and i think well, gives you, but you have yeah. to get the to, the to the get there and get, i think yeah. and i think even missing week one like if you're worried about losing week one like you're not confident enough well, in your team it's not just week one though if he's off to a slow start for the first like half of the season and he's finishing as like a high end RB two or low end RB one. And you picked him in the top five picks. Like yeah. you're going to be getting your ass kicked. Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm just, this is that like worst case scenario. I'm talking, I just don't think there's as much risk with Saquon as others. Yeah, I just think there's some risk. And with everybody in my list, at least starting out for right now, fingers crossed. Uh, well, I guess save, save Aaron Jones with this little hamstring, Nick, but Nobody has any serious thing to be worried about for them starting missing week one or any time or having a slow start or any of this. So mm-hmm. I think for me, just when I'm when I'm trying to nail that first round pick, I just try to stay away from any risk, you know, especially a front front half That's first fair. round pick. If it's a la- later round, uh, that later later uh, pick in the in the back half of the first round, then definitely I'm more willing to swing because I'm going to have somebody coming up in the second round that I can get of, of equal value. But anyways. Um, for any any comments on my Aaron Jones or Nick, I was the only one with Nick Chubb in the top six. I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I understand he's sharing with Kareem Hunt, but I mean, we saw that that really they're so they they get so much run, you know, they they run so much and it's so centered around the run game. And Nick Chubb's so efficient that that he still ends up like I I I don't have it on me here. Maybe you can look it up, Nathan. But mm-hmm. uh, but Nick Chubb uh, his his uh, points per game finish last year. It was a RB eight. RB eight. Okay. Yeah. And of course that's, you know, that might, I know there was a game. I don't know if that's factoring in the games that he ended up leaving because of his injury or, or but played the beginning, but anyways, yeah, you know, obviously he's a, he's an elite running back. And even with somebody like Kareem hunt there, he's a easily an RB one. And maybe this is a little high. I will say there's a, the, the, the two guys that are seven and eight for me, I could, I could swap them out for, but Maybe it's my Browns fandom, but uh, yeah, that's that's where that's I, where I have Chubb there. I have Chubb and Aaron Jones in my top ten, and honestly, the top ten guys I have, I'm comfortable with any of them being my RB one. That's when it gets a little bit funky after the top ten. The top ten, if you get one of those guys as your RB one, that's why you take running backs in the first round. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. If you want, I can just go ahead and start talking about a couple of those guys because. I'm not like these guys are really close to the uh, sixth place guy in Z. Well, that's what I, there, who was the person there was, there was a person that you had that nobody else had. I just want to point that out. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of that, I know that Carson Wentz is going to see, it's been declared. He's going to start week one. Um, I think part of that for me, for Taylor, that, that just scares me off a little bit. And we'll get into this in the next segment too, is just, uh, I, uh, he, he has Naeem Hines still there. So yeah, he, he might have an increase in pass passing work. And also 
I don't think Carson Wentz is a dump. He's not going to dump it off like Phillip Rivers did. So there's going to be way less, you know, running back targets to share for both of those guys. So I don't really, I mean, uh, Jonathan Taylor actually did have a good amount of receptions last year. And I don't really expect them to go up from there. I think that would be be pretty consistent. So, um, yeah. And then also, obviously, the Marlon Mack factor. That's going to kind of be a wild card. I don't know how much he's going to end up playing a factor. But uh, that's the only reason why Taylor fell out of the top six for me. And and I guess, uh, Mike, you might agree with what I'm saying. Yep. No, I agree. And it's just redraft this season. There's just a little bit of caution I have with Jonathan Taylor. All right, uh, go ahead and uh, now we can move into the second, the uh, back half of our um, RB1 tier, uh, 7 through 12. And uh, Nathan, you can go ahead and get into it. I know you, you were going to talk mm-hmm. about maybe Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb coming up. Yeah, they're literally the next two players in that order. Um, and uh, my Georgia fandom wants me to put Nick Chubb above Aaron Jones, but um, logic had to dictate otherwise. I didn't want to do it, but... Uh, Aaron Jones was RB5 last year in points per game and total points. And he, for a little while, seems like people held it against him that he gets nicked up. He really doesn't miss a whole lot of games, but he has a couple strains here and there that kind of concern you when you're trying to start him. So, but he's always good to go off for like one or two 40 point games each year. And he's, he's very consistent as well. I mean, you look at his production, there's not a whole lot of bad weeks. So, um, like what I'm getting here from Aaron Jones, the reason he's lower than you are on this is just because um, A.J. Dillon. And it's more due to like goal line stuff than anything. I imagine Dillon's going to be getting more work there this year. Uh, but they've also been working him in a lot more in the passing game. Uh, I still think Jones is probably superior in that regard. But I think they're going to try to find reasons to get Dillon on the field. Because when he got on later on last year, I think it was against the Titans, um, he looked very good, especially as a runner. So, uh, I think he might eat into touches a little bit, but I mean, Aaron Jones is still RB7 for me. RB8 is Nick Chubb, as I mentioned, and he finished RB8 in points per game last year. And I love Nick Chubb to death, and he's a fantastic, safe pick that just doesn't quite have the upside of these other guys. And that's because of Kareem Hunt being there. They like to split the touches. They don't want to overload him and get him injured like Saquon's been. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, I just think that limits him from having those 40, you know, 35, 40 point games. You're not going to see that as much with him as you are with some of these top end guys. So uh, incredibly consistent, a very, very good pick, but um, just the lack of like premier upside is why I have a little, a little bit lower. Uh, Number nine for me is Najee Harris. This guy is going to be very good this year. Um, He's looked fantastic in his first two preseason games. Uh, no surprise there, but I mean, everybody is very timid about taking rookie running backs every year, uh, for the most part anyway. I mean, if you could have gotten Zeke his rookie year, you would have been set. Uh, and that happens every year. There's always a guy. I mean, Taylor was RB6 last year. Uh, Robinson, uh, James Robinson was RB7. Uh, Antonio Gibson was RB13. So, like, these running backs produce. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a points per game, all those statistics. But uh, these these rookie running backs are going to produce, especially guys that are in a position to get as many touches as Najee is. I mean, they are going to run that football with him in the backfield and get him passing up, uh, receptions as well. So I uh, 
I'm very high on Najee, and I think he's going to be the best rookie this year for sure. So number nine he is, and he could outperform that value. Um, a rookie typically does. So uh, at number 10, I have Saquon Barkley coming in here at number 10. And we've already gone over it a lot. Um, you know, don't have a whole lot more to say. It's just the uncertainty. And, like, I have vivid memories of taking A.J. Green a few years back, just thinking, like, yeah, he'll start any day now. Yeah, you go the whole year and you wasted a wide receiver pick. So, um, yeah, I just have concerns about him not playing at the start of the season. And if he does play, he's being on a snap count for a while. So, and we haven't seen him do it in a couple of years. So, he dropped a little bit for me. Uh, and Najee is above him because I think Najee is just going to be getting a ton of touches, like more touches than Saquon. Uh, number 11 for me is Antonio Gibson. I mentioned him earlier, but uh, was – RB, oh, that was in total. So, yeah, he was RB 17 in points per game and RB 13 in total points. Uh, so he was nearly an RB1 finisher last year. And this year I think he's going to get even more work. And uh, apparently he's, in, he's improved as a runner. He was a receiver coming out of college. So I think he's going to be a better runner this year and still has that PPR upside with his hands. So, uh, yeah, I really like Antonio Gibson. So he makes the cut from RB1s. And the final guy making that cut is Austin Eckler at number 12. Uh, I really think they're going to be passing the ball a lot to this guy. It's the old Saints offensive coordinator, and we know what he liked to do with Kamara, and Austin Eckler is a fantastic receiving back, uh, one of the few that's gone for over 1,000 receiving yards. Not many people give him credit for that, but it's true. Uh, and last year he was uh, RB12 in points per game. He finishes RB24 overall, but that's because he missed six games. So um, I think Austin Eckler is a, a very underrated back and deserves a little bit more respect on his name. So we'll have him here at number 12. So uh, 7 through 12 for me again was Aaron Jones, number 8, Nick Chubb, 9, Najee Harris, 10, Saquon Barkley, 11, Antonio Gibson, and 12, Austin Eckler. And Josiah, I think your mic might be muted. Hmm. Another fucking bitch. All right. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of the same guys in there for sure. Um, but let's go ahead and bounce it over to Micah and have him do his uh, seven through twelve. Yeah, Nathan. I was kind of shocked. We had a couple guys in the same exact spot. So I, mm. I like the way you're thinking on these running backs. Um, so Jonathan Taylor is a running back. He just missed the cut, and he's not really that far off from my top six uh, I just I'm not sure really with Quentin Nelson like the quarterback thing I don't think is irrelevant but it's if Quentin Nelson is healthy and out there it makes you feel a whole lot better with him running the ball but I'm just not really sure like this season how this Colts offense is going to be because there's so much question arts Easton Star and Ellinger wins like we really don't know what's going to happen so there's just a lot of uncertainty with that and I know that's what you said with Saquon you faded him Josiah for the uncertainty uh, but I'm feeling a little bit of uncertainty with Jonathan Taylor just for this season. So um, we'll see what happens. But he just misses the cut. And then at number eight, I have Nick Chubb. Uh, Chubb's going to dominate. I'm not really concerned with Kareem Hunt. Like I've said before, Nick Chubb has a chance to prove that he's the most talented running back in the NFL this upcoming season. So I, I do think Kareem Hunt is what keeps him from being like a top three fantasy option. So, if, honestly, if Kareem Hunt goes down and they have to really, like, four-speed Chubb a lot, like, you just got yourself awesome value at the end of the first round. Mm -hmm. um, so, I love Nick Chubb at number eight. And like you, Nathan, I have Najee Harris at number nine. 
uh, dude, from the first two preseason games, like he's looked great and he just constantly falls forward and he gets like five yards of carry every time. It's ridiculous. And he's just, they're going to throw to him a lot because they're going to be trying to throw deep to Deontay and, and Claypool and um, Juju in the slot. And if he's covered, like there's going to be Najee right there getting it in the backfield. So I expect him to get a ton of workload. And he's, yeah. And plus, we had one redraft year when I was in with. Uh, the two of you, where I took Adrian Peterson instead of a rookie, Ezekiel Elliott, and that decimated my season since Adrian Peterson got hurt two games in, and then Ezekiel Elliott had an incredible rookie year. So mm. I say don't be scared to take rookies. And then at number 10, your guy, Josiah, Aaron Jones. And like I said, 10 is a spot where I feel comfortable with these guys being my RB1. Um, it's just that I just think a few other guys are going to have a little bit better of a season than Aaron Jones. And like you said, Nathan, A.J. Dillon is starting to come along. And like I said, they didn't they didn't draft him for nothing. They spent a second rounder on him. I also get they did the same draft. They took Jordan Love in the first. So <laughs> it could just be they don't know what they're doing. But mm-hmm. I do think that A.J. Dillon is going to see a little bit more of a workload. But also Jamal Williams is gone. So and then he might just take those shares. So I really don't know what to make of Aaron Jones. He's, I think he's still going to finish with the top ten. And um, he definitely could have a top five finish um, once again. So at number 11, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It's Joe Mixon. I've, I've never been super high on Joe Mixon, but I do. I think this is the year. I, so I have not been a bandwagoner Joe Mixon for years, everybody. This is finally where I'm like, you know what? I think it's going to actually go well for Joe Mixon this upcoming season. Um, and I'm like not as high on him in Dynasty because I don't know where his career is going. But I do think this upcoming season, he's going to finally put it together. And everyone's going to be like, oh, Joe Mixon finally did it after like the last three years of saying he's going to do it. So uh, I'm going to get Joe Mixon at the end of the um, first uh, the first round turn. Like, I think he's great if all these running – if you have, like, um, the 12-13 pick and a 12 team and all these top other 10 running backs, like, grab him and grab a top-end receiver or take him and take Austin Eckler, who I have at 12. I do, like you said, Nathan, he had a thousand yard receiving season. Like that just doesn't happen um, very often. And he's just an incredible, dude, he's an incredible route runner. And he like, is he's like, is able to get like a low center of gravity is why I feel so good about Kenny Gamewell going forward. Cause that's what he reminds me of a lot as a kind of like a smaller guy who's just able to cut and really get mm-hmm. open and yeah. defenses are also not able to see them out of the backfield. So I, I think Eckler's going to have a massive season. He's going to be, Use like you said, a little bit like Camara because there's no way you're in that New Orleans system for that long and mm. not see how they use a running back and think, oh, I shouldn't do that once I go to another team. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I like him there. I like what you, the comparison you made with Gamewell, too, because I think uh, another thing about Eckler is and just similar to Gamewell, but they're deceptively strong. Like Eckler, pound mm-hmm. for pound, is one of the strongest players mm-hmm. in the NFL. I mean, you look up his weight room numbers – I can't remember all of it now, but that guy is a freak in the gym. So, um, yeah, I like that there. For sure. So, if you um, could just re- recap that for us. Yep. So, I got Jonathan Taylor at number seven, Nick Chubb at number eight, nine, Najee Harris, 10, Aaron Jones, 11, Joe Mixon, and at 12, Austin Eckler. All right. Yeah. So, a lot of similar guys here, but very different orders for me. So uh, we'll get into it. So uh, seven is the guy that did just fall out. And honestly, I did in my initial ranking have him at six, but I swapped him and Nick Chubb. It's Ezekiel Elliott. 
Um, you know, he did have a down year last year. I do expect him to bounce back. Um, but I do think that Tony Pollard is going to play a bigger role than he has in the past. And we've talked about this in past episodes, but, um, you know, I, I don't think it's anything we should disregard. And, you know, we, we, we knocked Nick Chubb for Kareem Hunt and Aaron Jones for, for, for Dylan, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about Tony Pollard in that way. So, you know, I think that's just something we should all mention. And, and that's why Zeke is in that same range with those guys with me. Um, at number eight, I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, and yeah, I definitely think uh, his upside is higher than eight. Um, but I just think the, the committee there, it's kind of different. The, the first seven guys that I have ranked above him, they, there might be one other guy, but there's not two other guys. So I just think again, that that's significant and, uh, you know, it doesn't take away anything. What, what Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to do, um, you know, when he has the ball in his hand, but let's also not forget that Carson Wentz was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. And if he isn't better, their, their, their team's going to be bad and he's going to be on a really bad team and running backs on bad teams don't have scoring opportunities. A lot of time can really downgrade the guys that have the talent to do a lot better. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, at number nine, I seems like I'm the high guy here and maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid as well, but number nine, I got Joe Mixon and uh, you know uh, he's, he, he's performed when he's healthy and has been on the field. He's now last year, he did have a, you know, a really rough start to the season. And it really, I mean, people were literally asking the question, should I drop Joe Mixon for the first couple of weeks? Um, I remember last year. So uh, that's kind of stuck in some people's minds, but I think the Bengals are going to be able to move the ball this year. I think, um, you know, if he can stay healthy, there's nobody else back there. He's not sharing the load with anybody and uh, he's going to be catching the ball. He's going to be running. He's going to be getting goal line carries. So just this combination of the opportunity as along with the talent, the only real question is just health. I think with Joe Mixon and, and if the offense can move the ball better than they have in the past. So um, yeah, at, uh, at number nine, I had Joe Mixon uh, number 10. I have Austin Eckler. I think I was the high guy on him as well. Uh, again, you know, he gets all this praise for his rightfully so for his receiving work, but, uh, he is a good running back as well. And, and Nathan kind of alluded to his strength, but he's actually a really, really, really effective goal line back. Like he, he, uh, especially for a guy, his size, like he's not, they probably aren't going to be spelling, uh, you know, uh, Jackson or, um, Larry round Josh Kelly, uh, Larry Roundtree, uh, I would bet is uh, going to be more oh, of the goal line oh, oh. presence. That's possible, but I don't. I honestly don't think that's going to happen too often. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to trust trust Eckler down in the red zone, and uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be getting off the field too often either, to be honest. So, um, I do think that that Eckler is a is a guy that I'm super comfortable having, uh, which is why I have him at ten. Uh, Eleven now is a guy that uh, that obviously Mike had ranked four, and it is Saquon Barkley. And again, this is strictly on risk. It's not on. This is not me saying Saquon Barkley is the eleventh best running back in the NFL. Obviously, it's the fact that he's coming in with an injury, or or coming, you know, healing off an injury. Other people aren't doing that. He might have a slow start. Look, the first, the two games he was healthy, he played last year. He was horrible because the offense was horrible. So, uh, you know, I do think that the Giants overall will be better. So I don't expect him to be horrible once he is healthy. But I just think that, uh, you know, if you have a late round pick, um, I'm comfortable getting him and one of these other guys I can depend on or something. But 
uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't want to risk it right now. Now, if I hear in a week that Saquon's going to start week one, he's probably at least going to move up to nine or eight, but, uh, at the moment I have him at 11. Um, so, uh, and then last but not least, uh, it is Najee Harris. He did sneak into my, my, my top 12. Oh, I do. I do want to comment real quick. Uh, I was hearing multiple ways we were saying it. I saw him correct a reporter. So it's Najee. Like I was saying Najee Harris, but it's Najee Harris. But I just, but he's very particular. He doesn't like Najee. He, he, he wants to be called Najee. So we're going to get it right. Najee. Uh, but I was calling him Najee in the past. So that's mainly a self correction. But probably has a bunch of LSU fans that called him that. And he got sick of that. Like, Najee. And. <laughs> Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it, that buy you shit out of here. And that's exactly how it's spelled, Najee. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, so Najee Harris, uh, number twelve. I really think he has a great opportunity. He's not going to have anybody to really. I mean, he, I do expect Anthony McFarland to be a third down presence there. Um, but outside of that, uh, they do have Benny Snell still. But outside of that, there's really nothing uh, that he has to split the. Uh, the, the backfield with it's really just a, how good he does is really a matter in my eyes of how good the Steelers are and how good Ben Roethlisberger is and how much they can get him in the end zone. So uh, just to recap my top, uh, or my, sorry, seven through 12, that's going to be Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and Najee Harris. So, yeah, guys, I don't think we had two – I mean, we had some different spots and everything there. We had some guys that didn't make it Me into our last – Me and you had the same top 12. Do what? Me and you had the same top 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, just and in a completely think... different order. Yeah, and yeah, the only yeah. guy that I'm different on is having Antonio Gibson up there. And you're not very mm-hmm. different on him, which we'll get into the next section. But is there – I did see you kind of make a face when I had Mixon at nine. Um, is, and he's the guy that fell out of your top 12, Nathan. So maybe uh, talk about you – know, I, I know you're going to get into him later, but but mm-hmm. what was what was that face about? And are, are, you, are you a little bit lower on Joe Mixon? And if so, why so? No, that face is just because I hate you. Uh, no. Oh, okay. uh, no, I honestly, nine isn't egregious or anything. Um, I mean, he finished as RB9 last year in points per game. Uh, problem, of course, is he finished RB39 overall in total points. He missed 10 games because of injury, of course. But, uh, yeah, it's just like it, it's the same thing with, you know, Saquon, except less talent as far as the wrist thing. Like, he, he does have a tendency to get injured or be inconsistent at times. Like I said, when he's on the field and fully healthy, he's normally dynamite. But uh, just he, he needs to prove it to me over an entire season like once. So and this may be the year, you know, I think he's on the final year of his contract. He's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot of money to make. So uh, is he's he not? Friend. He got it. He got a new contract. Oh, did he? Okay. Well, then, uh, yeah, he's going to start. I think it was a four year. Yeah, he got a four year. Yeah, then he'll be terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, just uh, I'll get into him later, but he is like the next running back up for me. He's RB13 for me. Uh, I just, with that risk, I was like, all right, I can take him as a high, high end RB2, but there are just some other guys that I would feel safer with as an RB1. Uh, so that would, that, that's the only reason there. Yeah. But yeah, there is a lot of consensus. We do have some differences among the top 12, but we, I mean, at least our top 13, I can say it's since you told, so your third, my 13th guy is Antonio Gibson. So, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like the top end backs are pretty much locked into place as far as we see it. Um, but I have a feeling that the RB twos are going to get a little bit more interesting. Is there anything you guys want to add or anybody, uh, Micah, any, do you want to throw in anything about, um, 
whether it be Mixon or Antonio Gibson or anything, because that was really the only differences um, among us. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, so do you, do you feel like my ranking of Saquon is of 11 is egregious Does or uh, how, what's your response to that? I get the risk. I get the thought process. If he misses a couple of weeks, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be fine, but I do get like your caution. I want to put him that low, but you still think he's a guy that if you draft him to be your RB one, you're fine with. Him. Like you're right. not mad that Saquon is your RB one. Not at all. As long as he's healthy, I'm thrilled that he's my RB one. But uh, go ahead. Dan. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Uh, I, the only thing I was going to mention about the rankings is just some reassurance for people um, t- taking Najee Harris, even if you think the Steelers' offense Najee. is not Najee. Uh, is, uh, yeah, I think he's he's not going to be as hindered by even if the offense is terrible. I, I would go back to 2015 Todd Gurley when talking about this. I mean, he was on a terrible offense and he missed the first four games, was coming back from an ACL tear, and he feel, still finished as the overall RB9 that season, which is exactly where I have Najee this year. So um, just some of those guys, you get so many touches, like you're going to get yardage. They may not be always the most efficient yards, but you're going to get your touches. Um, so, yeah. Right. My last endorsement for Najee. Najee. All right, uh, let's move on to our RB2s and uh, let's let Micah open up this conversation and his rankings from 13 to 18. All right, this is where I knew things were going to get interesting because this is where things are going to be different. Um, at number 13, I have a guy we haven't spoken about yet, J.K. Dobbins. I really think the Baltimore Ravens offense is going to be extremely good this year and everything out of campus pointing towards him being more of a receiving threat and he's been doing really good at it. They say he's greatly improved in it. And I just think the offense is going to evolve to where they're going to throw the running backs more. So I think JK is going to have a very, very good season. And at number 14, I have DeAndre Swift. I think he's going to get a lot of dump offs from Jared Goff. And I think they're also going to run the ball a lot as well. I know he's got a little groin injury at the moment, which, you know, does give me a little caution and probably why he might not be ahead of J.K. Dobbins. But I fully think that Swift's going to get a ton of touches up in Detroit. And at number 15, Mr. Antonio Gibson, that you're much higher. I guess not much higher on me than Nathan, but you did have him in your top 12. And there has been, like, a lot of really good things said about him. Um, over the last couple of weeks, and I do think he's going to be good. And I just don't know if he's going to get the ceiling this season because I definitely think they're going to throw a lot with Fitzpatrick and throwing it deep to like Scary Terry and Dami Brown and Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas as well. So uh, I, I love his career trajectory. I just don't know if he's quite yet going to make that jump. But I still think he's worth taking out of the top 15 running back, so he's not far off from being an RB1 just yet. So I do really like him, just not quite to an RB1 level. Um, another guy who would probably be an RB1 if this team didn't go and draft a running back in the first round, but it's James Robinson. Uh, I fully am fine if you're in redraft, getting James Robinson as your RB2. Like getting him in like the third, fourth round is when you need to start taking James That's Robinson. That's a bit early. No, you don't have it to do early. that. He, he, no, just went the, no. he just went in the eighth, bro. Yeah, well, just no, judging no, by his ADP, take him later. No, let me finish. Let me finish. 
you're going to take him later. But the fact that you're getting a player that you want that could be taken in the third or fourth and you're going to get him later on, like I'm taking James Robinson like every redraft league that I'm in and everyone else should be too. He's going to be on a shit ton of league winners this upcoming season. All uh, I ask seven- is, that you, is that you wait when you do, because he just went in the eighth round, just, just for reference. So this is no, I'm not letting him drop past the six. Yeah. Like he, he ain't dropping past that point and, he right. should, and everyone else's. But if you want to run the rest of the seventh or eighth, go right on ahead. Um, and number 17, Josh Jacobs. I, I think they're going to feed him the ball. I know that like Brian Edwards has been the new hot commodity. Like it was Elijah Moore last week, but now he's hurt. So now everyone is all up in arms about Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. And who knows, Darren Waller hasn't been practicing. I don't know what's up with that. But Jacobs is still – dude, Josh Jacobs is younger than Najee Harris. And he's going to like be like that Gruden grinder guy that we spoke about all the time. So I think Josh Jacobs is a great um, value in redraft. And then number eight, it's Kareem Hunt. Uh, I can't leave him out at this point because if Nick Chubb goes down, my God, yeah, like Tom, he becomes. I'm sorry, you said number eight. What? Eighteen. What Eighteen. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, okay. Yeah, my bad. Um, no, I have Kareem here, and because mainly one, he's still going to produce. Like I fully believe that they're going to have two productive running backs in their backfield like they did this past season. And for the factor of if Nick, if Nick Chubb goes down and gets hurt. Like, Kareem Hunt's going to probably jump into the top 12. So, I just think his value at what where you're getting him at, um, at any point of being your team, and then, like, the upside of Nick Chubb possibly missing time. Um, I just – I love Kareem Hunt here. So, my picks number 13 through 18 are J.K. Dobbins at 14, DeAndre Swift, 15, Antonio Gibson, 16, James Robinson, 17, Josh Jacobs, and 18, Kareem Hunt. All right. Yeah, no, we'll definitely have some things to talk about in that list there. Uh, But uh, I guess I'll hop in next here. And um, I alluded to uh, me and Nathan both let our 13 go, and I had Antonio Gibson uh, there. I actually was flopping him and Najee out. I just think it's uh, an upside thing but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they both finish as you know later end rb1s is what i'd project them as but i think antonio gibson has tremendous opportunity let's not forget that the coach that that made christian mccaffrey a fantasy stalwart uh was ron rivera and uh antonio gibson is going to be his new project now is he going to be christian mccaffrey probably not but he's going to be getting a lot of usage I, i truly believe that's a part of ron rivera's plan and his system so uh, 13 there, um, 14, I'm going to have a guy that these guys aren't going to have, uh, in this discussion. It probably seemed like from our pre-episode discussion and, uh, it's going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, he's, uh, the starting running back for the Kansas city chiefs. He's going to be getting a plethora of scoring opportunity. Uh, you know, there, uh, Nathan today is gonna probably mention the, the report came out that he got yelled at by and B enemy for being a bad pass protector. He's probably not going to be the best pass protector. I'm not going to make that stand on that Hill tonight, but I will make the argument that he doesn't have to be a three down running back to really get the value. He's going to catch passes. He's going to get runs. There's not a lot of, 
the huge talent behind him. I mean, Darrell Williams is a capable RB two, but um, you know, he's clearly going to be the starting back. And I'd say get at least 65% of the work. Um, you know, Nathan's going to disagree with that. Uh, but, uh, but what well, I, they do, I know they do have, um, they do have another guy there, but yeah, I mean, Derek Henry was at 62% last year. I mean, no just, yeah, look it up 62% for Derek Henry. No, no, maybe of overall snaps. Yeah. But I'm, but, but not, or they didn't have another running back on the field for 40% of the time, like different running backs. Yeah. Or, or like total snaps, you know, there were some empty running back sets, but I mean, right. Titans don't run a whole lot of that. Okay, well, that that was probably, but I mean, but between, what I mean is between him and Darrell Williams, I think he's at least going to be getting 60 to 65% of the work between those two. Figure out whatever the actual on-field percentage is, I'm not sure, but... Uh, but yeah, so, um, anyways, uh, Clyde Edwards Slayer, I'm very confident in him at 14. These guys are not, uh, but be sure to listen to me so that you can get you a solid RB2. Um, he was going in the mid to third round, I'd say. So that's to me a steal compared to where some of the other guys that are going in that range. Uh, but, uh, moving on, um, Deandre Swift is number 15 for me. Um, I, you know, I'm very tempted to put him above Clyde. Uh, it's just, the, the, I'm a little worried about Jamal Williams. And then of course, like I said, just him coming into the season with an injury. Uh, I just, you know, just, it's just enough worry, worry for me to not guys like Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but I have them all ranked back to back Gibson, Hilaire, Swift, all three last year, rookie running back, second year running backs this year. So I think they're all going to finish pretty close to around each other. Um, if healthy. Um, at 16, I have Mr. David Montgomery, and this is another guy that these guys are both, uh, both pretty low on, but we've heard raving reviews coming out of, uh, practices and training camps about David Montgomery. Uh, we've heard Matt Nagy say he's going to get him 20 touches a game. Uh, we'll see if this happens, but just the fact that it's being said, uh, is pretty, pretty, uh, encouraging to me. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I uh, thought he was going to be starting at the coming into the, uh, the beginning of this season. Looks like he's going to miss the first couple of weeks as well. So it's just going to be um, him and uh, Damian Williams, who they just brought in from the Chiefs uh, to start out. And they also brought in a rookie, uh, Khalil Herbert, right? Um, yeah, so, so, you know, I, th- there's going to be a little bit of split, but I do think David Montgomery is going to be, you know, the way the coach is talking about him, clearly he's shown them something. And at the end of last season, he showed us all something. I think nobody really thought he had it that quite in him, even if it was against lackluster defenses. So uh, David Montgomery is 16. At 17, I also uh, I think this is where you had him, uh, uh, Mike. I have Josh Jacobs as well. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake, he would be much higher had Kenyon Drake not came on this year. Uh, he'd probably be in, in the top 12 for me, but uh, unfortunately, Kenyon Drake came and uh, it's going to be a split. They did a lot to kind of deface their offensive line. Uh, they, you know, got rid of Rodney Hudson, uh, who's obviously one of the best centers in the league. So that's going to take an effect on their run game. Um, but I do think Josh Jacobs' talent is 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 definitely. I mean, he's he's a top fifteen running back in the in the league. And um, you know, when he gets the ball, if they can't create the right scheme around him, uh, and like you said, Gruden's definitely going to utilize him, uh, even with um, Drake being there. I think the real worry about Drake is just his PPR upside with Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think he'll still definitely be the goal line back because he exceeds at that. Um, and at 18, um, I have a guy that finished as a number one running back last year, 
and is the starting running back for my favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons, and that is Mike Davis. And again, I'm looking for backfields where there's talent, but also where there's opportunity because there's a lack of players around them. And they brought in a couple of rookies, the Falcons, but there's really nobody to shoulder the load. It's going to have to be Mike, Mike Davis. And we saw what happened last year. Now, of course, you know, you can argue that the, um, the Panthers system is much, much more running back friendly. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I think that Arthur Smith is going to be able to, you know, build a run game uh, pretty easily as we've seen in the past. Uh, so Mike, Mike Davis, uh, it's coming right at there at the end of my, uh, my top end RB twos. So uh, just to re go over those guys, it's going to be Antonio Gibson, uh, Clyde Everett Solera at 14, DeAndre Swift at 15, David Montgomery at 16, Josh Jacobs at 17, and Mike Davis at 18. My turn. Uh, so, yeah, it, that was a good list, actually. Uh, not that it's a surprise, but 13, like I said before, I have Joe Mixon. Um, we've already been over him almost at nauseum, so uh, nothing to discuss there. 14, I have DeAndre Swift. Uh I love his talent. I love the offense they're going to be in because I think it's going to be very much a control the ball, run the ball, um, you know, run the clock down and win games or as many as you can. So I really like Swift for that regard. Uh, Jamal Williams coming in does limit his upside a little bit. Um, and I, I do have a little bit of concerns, and this would probably be reflected a little bit more in Dynasty, but uh, I love Swift to death being a Georgia boy, but he does have a little bit of history with these groin issues. He had it in college. He just had another one in training camp. Um, just these guys that have the soft tissue injuries, they tend to keep popping up as they get older uh, and more frequently as they get older. I hope that's not the case with him. And look, he played, I think it was 43 games in college, like all three 43 games he played. Um, but he was only like the full-time starter in one of those seasons. And um yeah, it's, uh, you know, he was nicked up a little bit of times, but always managed to get on the field. So not super concerning, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, number 15, I have Chris Carson. Uh, one guy y'all did not mention, but yeah, I mean, this guy, he was RB 14 in uh, points per game last year and RB 15 in total points. So I have him right there at that spot. Uh, I think they're going to be running the ball just as often as before, uh, hopefully, you know, more effectively than they did at times last season. Uh, but yeah, Chris Carson is a fantastic RB2 for you to get. Uh, Josiah, I thought it was funny you're selling us really hard on David Montgomery at 16, and that's exactly where I have him uh, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy, I, I definitely bumped him down compared to what he was last year. I mean, he was RB7 last year in points per game, RB4 overall. So uh, he had a very, very strong finish, as we know, but I expect some decrease there. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's another guy that's a very good RB2 for you to snag. Uh, number 17, Mike Davis, a uh, guy you had at 18, Josiah. But, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be another great one of these guys that could have RB1 upside, if we're being honest. Uh, he finished as the RB12 overall last season. And that's without playing like or starting three of the games that McCaffrey was there. So, yeah, Mike Davis has a lot of upside. As good as the Panthers are at creating an offense for running backs to succeed, Arthur Smith is even better at it. And uh, yeah, there's just a complete lack of competition here for touches. So uh, yeah, Mike Davis is a strong 17 for me. Uh, and a guy that I hate having this low uh, is JK Dobbins here at 18. And this is a guy that could easily exceed his value here. 
but it is also someone that is in a situation where he's listed as a co-starter with Gus Edwards, at least for the first preseason game. Uh, we know Gus Edwards eats in the touches, especially at the goal line, as does Lamar. And, uh, yeah, I mean, J.K. had a fantastic end to the season last year, but even then he was averaging about, yeah, I think his last seven or nine games, uh, I can look it up, but he was averaging around 17 points per game, uh, kind of that last half of the season, and which is great, and it's very good for an RB2. I just think the offense he's in and having Lamar, Gus Edwards, I think he, it's kind of like that Nick Chubb situation where his upside is a bit limited based upon the offense he's in and the people that are in it. Um, but yeah, he could easily exceed his value, but I just have con some concerns of lack of getting those, you know, 20, 25 touch games here for JK Dobbins. So he comes in at number 18 for me. So running down that, uh, high end RB two list one more time. It's Joe Mixon, 13, 14 is Deandre Swift, 15, Chris Carson, 16, David Montgomery, 17, Mike Davis and 18, JK Dobbins. Yeah, no, Mike, uh, Nathan, I really don't have too many qualms with your list. Um, the one guy that you that, that you have that I don't have, I have, again, right outside of the list at 19 in Chris Carson. So I totally, you know, 15 still a little high for me there, but I, nothing for me to really yell at you about. I, I have but, Chris Carson at 19 as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> But Micah, man, uh, so I disagree with the J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I don't think he has any chance to finish as an RB1. So while I can't see him, I mean, I do have him as an RB2. I don't see him as a high-end RB2. Um, I just – Nathan pretty much hit on it. It's not the talent. It's just he's – I mean, not only is he sharing with – I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson, but, you know, Gus Edwards is really good as well, and I, I'm, I'm the highest on Gus, but – uh, you know, I just don't think JK is going to have tons of opportunity this year. He's going to have some good games, certainly, but I just don't think he's going to be reliable enough for me to depend on him at 13. Uh, what's your, what's your rebuttal to that, Micah? And Nathan, you had him in, you had him in this tier. So maybe mm -hmm. you can defend that as well. But. Micah, the Ravens, are, the Ravens are going to be unstoppable. Um, you know, said in our quarterbacks that Lamar is going to win MVP, and I think part of that's going to be a lot have to do of JK Dobbins going to have because he's going to be thrown to JK a lot, and JK is going to be getting a lot of yards after the catch to help him gain up even more yardage. Like, dude, JK is a very, very talented running back, and the fact that they want to use him in the passing game more, I don't get how like you, you don't want to have that guy. Um, I get that him and like Gus Edwards are kind of co-starters, and Gus Edwards I think will be solid too. But I just think that offense is going to put out a ton of production. Everyone's going to be fancy relevant in it. So, and I think J.K. Dobbins is just going to be the second to that of Lamar. Okay. And um, and then my next thing is James Robinson, man. I mean. You know I what the Jaguars are about to do? They're about to run James Robinson into the ground, rack up his stats this year, and trade him because he was an undrafted free agent, so he's only got a three-year deal. So they're just going to use him as much as they can this year, get some wear and don't put as much wear and tear on um, Travis Etienne, and they may keep him for a second year. But I don't think he stays – and they might want to keep using a Mark Ingram Camara type thing. I don't know what's going to happen in Jacksonville. I just think the guy's too talented to not produce. And I think this year they're not going to use Etienne. Like, why put all this wear and tear on him when you can have James Robinson for the next two years take a bulk of the carries and a lot of the work and you ease Etienne and still use him as this X factor you want to have him at. But I just think they're going to use James Robinson more. 
I just think he's a good beginning of season pick by, in my opinion, by the end of the season, he's going to have a lot less work than he did at the beginning of the season. But, you know, you guys might disagree with that. That's fair enough. Uh, Nathan, you got anything to say about, I mean, I don't know. You don't have to say where you have Robinson ranked, but I mean, do you agree with that this area or is this too, or what are your thoughts? It's a little rich for me, but uh, I mean, I have him as RB too. I can tell you that he'll be in my next sector here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, it's come down to our prior episodes where we're a little bit higher on Robinson than you are. And we're also both a bit lower on ETN than you are probably a, a decent bit lower on ETN than you are. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to that, but I mean, I think James Robinson is going to be the primary first and second down back like all year. Uh, I, you know, even when ETN is at his best and he's gotten used to the offense and everything, he's, I just don't think he's as good of a, a runner as James Robinson is, especially not inside running. So, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be used more uh, in a receiving role this year, I think. And he's definitely going to get his runs. I mean, the guy is explosive, but I think consistently you're going to see James Robinson getting uh, quite a steady stream of carries. Um, but I'm a little bit lower on him than Micah. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, I'm definitely lower on. Yeah, and it's not that. I mean, uh, you know, I just don't think uh, he's 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 very close. He's just outside of an uh, RB two for me, so he's close to it. But uh, I think definitely a low end RB two makes more sense than a high end when you know there's still guys that are going to be their starting running backs. Mm. Um, but but Michael, what you what your what was your you didn't get too deep into why you had him right there. So what you, what were your, what were your thoughts with where did you have Kareem sixteen seventeen? Uh, I had him at eighteen. Okay, okay. 18. I had him at eighteen mainly, mainly for the That's upside not- of if Nick Chubb gets hurt because it's redraft injuries happen, and I just think he's gonna have a solid season anyway. And I just think the upside of if Nick Chubb ends up getting hurt at some point, like his production mm-hmm. just ends up so much more so sometimes i just want to take a little bit of a swing on a guy who could end up um as a real like steal mm-hmm. to win championships yeah and you um, want to talk about somebody that was efficient uh particularly with touchdowns if you look at kareem's stats last year not only as a rusher but as a passer he outperformed the amount of touchdowns he should have gotten based on the 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 catches that he received uh, and the rushes that he received. So he was, I mean, I remember a couple of passes where he caught it, caught a ball on the 20 yard line and juke guys out and got to the end zone. So Kareem Hunt is, uh, is no slouch. Certainly I, I'm not an 18 is not a terrible ranking. So I think we can move on unless there's anything you want to throw in Nathan. Uh, yeah, a couple of things. One thing you mentioned, Josiah, is just um, on uh, the Zeke thing. Kareem Hunt made me think of this. Just you kind of compared like his situation with Tony Pollard as a similar thing. I just like, in like Tony Pollard compared to some of those other guys, even AJ Dillon is just to me, like on a much lower tier of talent. I mean, especially compared to Kareem Hunt. I mean, Hunt led the league in rushing in 2017. I agree with the Hunt argument. Not so much. I think him and Dillon are in the same area, but that, but I agree with the Hunt argument. They're different. Uh, they, they serve different purposes, him and Dylan. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing was J.K. Dobbins. I think I was the lowest guy on him. But like you said, it's mainly situation-based. If he was in Mike Davis's shoes with Arthur Smith in Atlanta with no competition, he'd be an RB1 for me, probably. I oh, mean, yeah. this is a guy that ran for over 2,000 yards his junior season of college. I mean, he's an absolute beast. So, right. um, yeah, if he was in a different situation, he'd definitely be higher for me. Certainly. No. Yeah. You know, and that's the big, I don't know, the triangle, right? There's talent, 
and then their situation uh and and, and I guess that's kind we'll of go with injury. Uh, yeah, <laughs> talent situation and I guess draft capital. But those are the three things that kind of determine like, you know, where where you're going to be taking a player and if you're going to be getting them. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely think the situation just isn't isn't uh, doesn't enable him to to have you know RB one upside. Um, so so that's why he's a. Uh, later round uh, RB uh, two for me, and uh, I'll uh, go in or not later round, sorry, later uh, back tier, and I'll go ahead and get into mine first because I didn't do mine first yet. I uh, do my nineteen through twenty four, uh, unless there was anything. Uh, my, I, Micah, was there any argument? You, Micah, I know you're really low on David Montgomery. I know we've spent a little bit of time here, but we only have one more section, so just just what what's the hate on Montgomery here? It's not, I mean, I have him at number twenty. Okay. I'm not like oh. I'm dating him completely, but yeah, I know. Mean, but, but from seven to twenty, why? What? What do you think is going to happen to make that? Just the Cowboys kind of are going to suck, or no? I just think they're going to be a pass-first team. Okay. I don't think they're going to utilize. It. I think this whole shit about David Montgomery is the percent off of how much they're going to throw the ball, and I just don't see him getting twenty touches a game. And I just kind of think his stretch at the end of last year was mostly against bad defenses. And I'm not completely sold on him yet, and I can be wrong. So I don't want to like get him out of my top 20, but I just feel better about taking a few of these guys more than taking David Montgomery. All right, fair enough. Well, let's move on now, and I will get into my 19th guy, which I've already told you guys is Chris Carson. Uh, I was moving him up and down uh, with Mike Davis um, and Josh Jacobs. I was kind of, I think all those guys are in the same tier. Uh, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, like you can intertwine them for me. That's 17, 18, 19. But uh, Chris Carson is the one that falls in 19 uh, right outside of my top tier running back too. Um, And yeah, he's in a good situation. I mean, obviously it's the Seahawks. There's not, I mean, obviously Rashad Penny has been the specter that's been behind him for what three years has it been three years or two it's been three he was three. he was taken ahead of nick chubb thank god okay okay <laughs> three years so uh so yeah that's crazy you know we've all been wondering oh we gotta we gotta bump chris carson this year especially dynasty you know dynasty for past several years it's been oh chris carson rashad penny but it's just it's never came to fruition so uh, there has been a couple of other decent backs that have came and served in his in his uh, place because obviously the big thing about Chris Carson is he is chronically injured, and I don't know if that was really touched on, but uh, mm. that's that's why he's fallen outside. But if he's healthy, man, I mean, he's definitely gonna at least finish as an RB two. Uh, could be higher, and I think it has been higher in the past. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on, to number twenty. Um, this is a guy that I was really flirting with, also uh, putting putting in my 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 last tier, and this is Daryl Henderson. It's really hard to know where to put this guy right now. Um, you know, he's obviously taking over for Cam Akers. Uh, he was drafted in the third round uh, two years ago. This will be his third year. So, um, you know, he's shown some flashes. I think he had a 20-point game last year or something like that, and people – he was a big waiver wire ad. And, um, you know, his first year he showed a couple flashes as well. Never been consistent. Um but he's going to have to, he's going to, we're going to have to see, we'll see what he is this year. We'll have a hundred percent chance to see what he can do. Uh, my ranking of 20 of him is strictly just, I 
don't I, I don't know he could he could be really good he could be a really good running back and we could uh I mean he's in a great situation with the Rams there's not I mean you know they're talking about guys named Zay, Xavier Jones and Jake Funk that are going to be backing him up so he's he's going to be getting work and I mean Matthew Stafford does target the running backs and all the raving about Cam Akers was was about this situation that now Daryl Henderson is falling into. And so uh, if he has the talent, he's going to finish way above 20. So the, this is my my safe ranking of him at 20. Um, at 21, I have a guy that these guys had way earlier, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Again, I just don't trust the situation. Don't get me wrong. If you have him as your RB2, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, but – I just don't think he's going to be a high-end RB2. And with RB2s, I'd like a guy that could finish as an RB1. And I just really don't see that possibility just based off the situation. Now, if some injuries happen, Gus Edwards goes down. I mean, that's big. I mean, uh, you know, obviously if Lamar goes down, the whole offense is screwed. But, um, you know, uh, basically Gus Edwards going down is the only thing that could really make me say, okay, he has RB1 upside. But he certainly has the talent. Um, At 22, I have Miles Gaskin. Um, this is a guy, the gas man that I have been raving about. And, uh, I think that he's going to put up an awesome season. You know, I'm, the more I look at it, the more I'm hearing about Tua, I'm pretty high on the dolphins offense this season. I mean, I don't think they're going to be the best, but I think that's going to be a huge step up from what we've seen the dolphins be the past several years. So, uh, miles Gaskin, obviously last season, he showed he can, uh, catch the ball. He can uh, get, get run the ball he can get touchdowns um he can he they didn't do anything to replace him they really didn't add anybody so uh miles gaston's going to be getting some work and as long as he's healthy it's going to be really good to have him as an rb2 uh number 23 is a guy that man has fallen fallen hard over this season this off season and that's miles sanders and uh you know if he's your rb2 that's okay mm-hmm. um but it's not great. I'd say I'm starting to get worried after miles Gaskin. That's where I'm really kind of nervous. I really want to make sure I get two guys inside my top for me. It's 22. Um, but, um, and if you can get three guys inside of there, you're doing great. So, uh, miles, miles Sanders, I'm feeling very iffy about, obviously there's been talk that him and Boston Scott are going to split. Uh, if you watch the preseason game, there's been hype about Kenny Gainwell and obviously just preseason hype about Gainwell's pass catching ability. So we're going to see what, what miles Sanders can do. There's also been hype about miles Sanders dropping passes. Uh, so that's concerning. Um, but he's going to have to do it. He's a second round pick. Uh, he, he has the pedigree, uh, he, and he's shown flashes. Um, it's just a matter of if he can do it over a sustained period of time. And he hasn't shown that. So, uh, Miles Sanders is 23 and number 24, uh, for me, there's a couple guys I could have put here, but for me, it's the guy that I think has the highest upside and that's Travis Etienne. Uh, you guys really might disagree, but I think if he's, he's the last guy, obviously at 24 here that if he's your RB two, I'm not thrilled but you have the upside to uh to to for that to be at least a you know 12 to 15 points every week and i think that's perfectly doable for for travis Etienne um with with the prospect of him breaking off a 60 yard touchdown uh with that possibility happening every game so uh for me just the upside of travis Etienne uh is enough to make me put him as a my very last uh rb2 at 24 so just to reiterate that's going to be um, 
Chris Carson at 19, Daryl Henderson at 20, J.K. Dobbins at 21, Miles Gaskin at 22, Miles Sanders at 23, and Travis Etienne at 24. Um, so Ooh. I'll pass pass the mic to Micah there, and uh, you know let him let him get into that uh, after he digests that wonderful list I just gave him. Well, we kind of bookended the same players. Um, I'll say that I had Chris Carson at 19, and then I'll get to then and talk about Travis Etienne. I don't blame you for having him in your top 24 because I do as well. But on the journey there, Chris Carson, um, I don't blame Nathan for having him at number 15. Uh, I think with the new offense they're implementing and how well I think Russ is going to do, they've been talking about using receivers or I mean, running backs more as receivers. And so I expect Chris Carson, who's been very good at it. <laughs> he's been a very good route runner. In like, he actually has really underrated hands um, for running backs in the NFL. So, But his injury concerns scare me, so that's why I have him at number 19. Um, Number 20 is David Montgomery. I'm not sold on him. I kind of gave my spiel on him a little bit earlier. Uh, I still think his upside, you can't let him slip past this point, but obviously um, people are going to be drafting him before this. So he won't be on the board for you, but I have him at number 20 in case he does. Um, at number 21, um, this might come as a surprise, but I would honestly take Kenyon Drake right here. Um, I, I don't think they gave him that contract for no reason. I, I've been worrying about the receiving core of the Raiders, and they've been using him as, like, this X factor that we talk about ETN. And I think he's had a, like, decent last couple of seasons. I don't think he was used very well in Arizona. And, dude, he is one Josh Jacobs injury away from being, like, you know, a top, like, 16, close to an RB1, possibly. So I really like the upside of him, but I still think he's going to have a solid PPR like year. I think he's going to make a ton of catches, and he's going to like ETN will eventually like be doing that. I just think they're going to ease ETN more, and he's not going to hit that point yet. But I think Kenyon Drake is kind of we're going to see it with him a lot this year. Um, at number twenty-two, I have Mike Davis, and I know that he is the obviously the number one running back for the Falcons, but I really think Cordell Patterson is going to get used a lot. And I think in dynasty leagues and like deeper redraft leagues, I think Cordell Patterson is a great get. Um, a lot of places like Sleeper have him as a running back and a wide receiver, so I think it'll be valuable. Uh, and I really think them bringing in JV on and Caleb Huntley, and they brought in Deontay Foreman. So I, I, I think Mike Davis will do well. He's going to get a lot of goal line carries, but I really think that offense is going to be predicated on passing and play action, but they will set it up with the run. Um, I just don't know how sold I am on a guy who has one season and he's 28 years old. And even as a Falcons fan, I want him to do good. I want him to succeed. Um, I just have like a feeling that the game's going to be way more of a passing offense than it's going to be rushing. Um, so at number 23, I got Melvin Gordon. I, I think they're going to do what I said the uh, Jaguars are going to do with James Robinson. Uh, they got one year left on his contract and they're probably going to want to ease Javante in a little bit. So I think Gordon's going to have like a stellar first half of the season and there's a chance Javante takes over, but I think Gordon will be playing well enough where he will continue. Um, so like they're going to run him into the ground and let him go after the season. But I do think he's going to put together a really good year this upcoming year and they're going to wait until really use Javante um, next season. And then round it out with Travis Etienne. They didn't draft him in the first round for no reason. They're going to use him as, 
receiver, running back, all this crazy stuff, and he's going to be a great player. But James Robinson is roadblocking him from being like a top 20 running back. And I think even James Robinson and him can coexist, but I still think as a rookie, they're going to use him too much just yet. So, but I still would want to take him at number 24, especially, you know, like we say, injuries happen. James Robinson goes for, he's probably a top 20 um, running back. So um, I recap my last six and it's um, 19, Chris Carson, 20, David Montgomery, 21, Kenyon Drake, 22, Mike Davis, 23, Melvin Gordon, and 24, Travis Etienne. All right. Yeah. So a couple of different guys, a couple of same guys. Uh, we'll get into the differences after, after Nathan uh, gets into his. Yeah, so uh, starting off with mine, number 19 is Daryl Henderson. So we were only one spot away on that, Josiah. Uh, yeah, he would probably be higher than this for me based on the offense and opportunity he has, except he does have a history of just kind of getting nicked up. It's already happened in training camp. That's why Xavier Jones and Jake Funk have been getting more reps and more talk. It's because they've been holding Henderson out of some practices. Um yeah, it's uh, he you know, when he's on the field, you can see in the first uh, you know six, seven games of last year when he was getting a lot more carries, Cam was injured and uh, still learning the offense. He, he had some fantastic games and he had, he's a very good runner. Um, so if he's healthy the whole season, he's easily going to be RB2 for you. But um, yeah, or, you know, possibly even a low end RB1. But yeah, it's just I have some concerns about uh, his injury history. Uh, but he's definitely a talented guy. Number 20 for me, I also have the gas man uh, here. Uh, did you have him 20 or 21? I had him 22. So you're higher yeah. on the gas man. I'm higher on the gas man. Uh, and that's because Miles Gaskin is another one of these guys that just doesn't have a whole lot of competition. And he was RB11 last year in points per game. Uh, much lower than that. I don't have his total points here because he missed six games. Um, but yeah, Miles Gaskin, when he was on the field last year, he was great. And I was surprised that they didn't bring in a rookie or a high end veteran to compete with him, but they're going to give this guy a chance to lead the offense. So, uh, I like what I saw out of him last year, 21 for me, uh, this is James Robinson. Yeah, it's uh, Micah is definitely the high guy on him here. I, he could easily finish higher than this, especially if Etienne has some sort of injury, which we hope not. But uh, yeah, I mean, you you don't go for over fourteen hundred yards for no reason in the NFL. You don't finish as the RB six in points per game and RB seven overall by accident either. So yeah, even uh, even if Etienne is getting a lot of carries there, I think Robinson still has plenty of upside to give. Uh, 22 for me is Josh Jacobs, and this guy's obviously taking a significant dip from prior years, and that's mostly due to the addition of Kenyon Drake, and I just don't think you're going to be seeing those 30-touch games. That I mean, he was getting quite a few of those, like, you know, 25, 30-touch games, and I think that was just kind of wearing him down, especially at the end of the year, so I think that's one big reason they brought in Drake, and I think Drake is a better pass catcher than Jacobs is, so he's definitely going to be taking away some some targets and receptions there. So uh, I think that just limits Jacobs upside more this year than in prior years. Um, Cause in prior years, he's been great. He was like RB eight points per game, RB 13 overall last year. So uh, 23 for me, Melvin Gordon coming in here. This guy is a really good value right now. His ADP does not reflect 
uh, his talent level, and he's still projected by the Broncos to be the starter. You know, I would expect that at least the first half of the year. But they're going to be running a lot, and even if Javante starts getting more first and second down work, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon is going to be a big part of this offense. Uh, still a very talented player. Uh, last year he finishes the RB14 overall, so – uh, even with a dip with the rookie teammate, I, I still think he could finish as a uh, low-end RB2 for you. And then uh, finally here, I have Kareem Hunt coming in at number 24. And, yeah, this is, you know, a, an upside pick for sure. Uh, even when Chubb is there, he's still, you know, definitely a flex start for you, no problem. But, um, but yeah, he has a lot of upside when Chubb is out of the game. So uh, even with Chubb there, Chubb did miss like four games and part of another one, but Kareem Hunt was RB21, points per game RB15 overall. So um, like I said before, very talented player, but just has a better player in front of him. Uh, so again, my rundown there is Daryl Henderson, 19, 20 is Miles Gaskins, 21, James Robinson, 22, Josh Jacobs, 23, Melvin Gordon, and 24, Kareem Hunt. All right. Um is that's everybody right yeah cool um yeah okay so everybody real quick just go over uh, who maybe named two or three guys that fell just outside of it so for me 25 i have chase edmonds he fell right outside of uh of a uh, rb2 for me uh kareem hunt was 26 um and then um i actually i have michael carter at 28 which i'm feeling a little weird about but uh that he's he's think he's going to be the starting running back and not a lot of competition. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, that was for me. Chase Edmonds fell right outside. Uh, I almost put Chase Edmonds above Travis Etienne, but I thought the upside was worth, uh, was worth the difference. Um, what about you, Nathan? Uh, yeah, for me, the guy that just missed the cut is Javante Williams, the teammate of Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, I love this guy coming out of college and he's definitely going to earn a bigger role as the season goes on, but, uh, he's, he still is a little bit raw in some areas and, uh, areas that Melvin Gordon is much more polished in. So, uh, I also have Chase Edmonds here, like you did. He's 26 for me, uh, ETN's 27. So, um, you know, I also got like Drake, Miles Sanders and, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire all kind of in this, in this range. Clyde, 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 Clyde. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, well, Nathan, I think the only difference we we oh okay oh, sorry uh Mike, let's talk about who you who we just missed your rankings. So I don't really want to mention the guys who just missed the rankings, but more of like a redraft feel, like philosophy is I want to get like three of these top twenty four guys on my team. I want to get RB one two and a flex running back, um, and then what I want to do is put the rest of your team together. And then like the late rounds pick whoever's like the cheapest guy out of like the Rams backfield, like the Jake Funks, Xavier Jones, the 49ers, the Elijah Mitchells, um, the Eagles, instead of Miles Sanders, like take Kenny Gainwell late um, with the Patriots, instead of taking Damian Harris, take Ramondre Stevenson. No. So get these guys late. Uh, by the way, everyone will have seen um, Ramondre's preseason debut of 10 carries for 127 yards and two touchdowns by now. So, yeah, he busted up a 90-yard touchdown at the end of the game. Oh. So, Ramondre hype train is leaving the station. Against four stringers. Ah, it's all right. It was a beautiful <laughs> run. But I do I do think, though, you need to shore up three really good running backs and then, like, kind of crowded backfields due to, like, injuries and just football in general. You get, like, guys really late in the draft, and one of them's going to turn, hopefully, into 
um, a higher running back than most people project. So that would be my advice for when you're trying to get running backs for your team, who I do think are the core of every fantasy teams, especially in redraft. Yeah, certainly I agree that 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 uh, running backs are much more essential in redraft than in uh, dynasty. Not that they're not important in dynasty. That's not what I'm saying. Just in dynasty, obviously you're you're buying two to three year spans when one year is all that matters in redraft. So uh, that's that's uh, that's that's a lot easier to to project and a lot more certain to with these running backs. Um, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen from year to year. So, uh, but anyways. Um, yeah, no, totally. Um, the the only two guys we had different, Nathan, that didn't make it. Uh, I had Miles Sanders and Travis Etienne, and you had um, Melvin Gordon and who was your twenty four? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. That's right. And then Micah, we had several different. Micah, I, the main thing I just want to mention. I mean, I'm surprised at Miles Gaskin not being in there, but Daryl Henderson. Yeah, that's what, nuts. what happened to Daryl like Henderson. Said, I, I would rather avoid taking Daryl Henderson where he's at and take Jake Funk or Xavier Jones. No, no, no. no that's not what we're talking. No, Micah. No, we're talking that's about not ranking, what we're talking running back about. rankings. <laughs> we're not talking about ADP or yeah, yeah. best value. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I don't know why how that backfield's going to. No, why isn't he I don't know how that because I don't know how that backfield's going to turn out. I have okay. no idea. It's, it's like the reason why you're going to drop Saquon Barkley. The same reason I'm dropping Daryl Henderson is I have no idea, and I think there's a ton of risk and taking him. And so I feel much more comfortable in taking ETN and everyone else. But I mean, I do have um, Miles Gaskin at 27 and Daryl Henderson at 26. So, but you project too ETN, far off. but you project ETN as a backup on a worse offense. No, so why I think they're going to, you think the Jaguars are going to be a better offense than the Rams. I don't know about better offense, but the, no fucking Rams de- the Rams defense is so much better than the Jags defense. So the Jaguars are going to have to be playing in shootouts and garbage time more than the Rams will. So this is fantasy, not real life football. It, you, have score, you have to score running day. backs get less work when you're down. <laughs> Yeah, he's more like, that's not a good argument. Back. Yeah, that's when what you're I'm saying. Off, you run the ball. More, but but they want to use him as a receiver too. So when you're down, they're going to throw it to him more. But so you also have James Robinson at like 15. But okay, it's and I and I did want to mention that, uh, Micah. I noticed a trend in your rankings. Uh, I think the only handcuff that Josiah and I had in this ranking is Chubb and Hunt, uh, which is the most popular one in the NFL. But you had them. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and James Robinson and ETN all as handcuffs within the top 24. Um, I personally like to go with a little bit more upside, especially with my RB1. Well, RB2 I think they're going to be used a lot as receivers in, this, in like most formats are playing PPR. Like in standard, I wouldn't have them this high, but you should be playing PPR. And I think they're both going to get like a ton of catches and that's what's going to push them back past some other guys. But not Daryl Henderson. And, and to build on your, yeah, not Daryl Henderson. And, but to be fair, I, uh, I, I actually don't have Kareem Hunt in my top twenty-four. So yeah, I, I, that's yeah, he was it. just outside of yours at twenty-four. Right, right. So, so yeah, no, you're right, Nathan. I don't have a single duo mm-hmm. in here together. So I didn't really intend to do that, but it does just kind of show how I, how I naturally, kind of sort these out. But hey. There are always duos that finish, you know, as one and two, or I mean, like, you know, like, and so it's not, but I don't think there's going to be three or four of them certainly in the top 24. But, and to be fair, if you didn't have Clyde ranked so high, then Kareem Hunt would be number 24. So Chase Edmonds would. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to get, you'd have to get, you'd have to get Miles Sanders out of there too. But, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but no, yeah. So, but anyways, no, I just, uh, you know, uh, that, that, um, Daryl Henderson, I was surprised. I thought you, I thought, I mean, I knew that Nathan would, uh, I mean, me and Nathan haven't ranked at the same place, but I thought that you guys would honestly be higher on Daryl Henderson than I was just because I didn't know what to make of him. But, um, yeah. I'm surprised you're so low on him there. Um, nobody else I can really pick on you for. Uh, Miles Sanders and ETN were my 23 and 24. I'm not super confident in those. So if you guys mm. have anything to say about Sanders, go ahead. I mean, Micah. Anything? I just think that Gainwell's and Boston Scott, honestly, are going to get a ton of receiving work because, dude, that mm. defense is going to be complete and utter ass. Mm. And they're going to be throwing into games a lot. So I think he's just going to get phased out. And then the game script isn't looking well for Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quite certain that's going to happen a, at least a couple of games. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they'll, they, they play in a really crappy division, so I don't think that's going to be every game. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the passing down work is where I think you're going to see the most regression from Miles Sanders, apparently still struggling with drops in the training camp. And he's got two guys that are probably – I know Gainwell's a better receiver than him, and Boston Scott might be as well. So that's what hurts him. But in Miles Sanders' defense, I will say the dude is a very – is a good runner. Like, he – I think he averaged over five yards a carry last year, right. uh, Im- improved over his rookie season. So you got to give him credit where it's due. He's a very good runner. Um, he just – he struggles in pass uh, passing down work. So I don't uh, know if he has the upside in PPR uh, that he did. A couple years ago. Yeah, no, and he's never re- – honestly, that's kind of been the thing with Miles Sanders is fans of him have always been waiting for the passing work to be unlocked. Mm-hmm. He's never really been super featured or good at that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, much like ETN, he does have the ability to break off, you know, these 60-yard touchdown runs, and uh, he's very electric, very fast. Uh, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of guys that can do that in the NFL, really. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can outrun safeties when the safeties have a – head start looking at him for seven seconds before they mm-hmm. get to him. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's an impressive skill. And, you know, I do think the upside of Miles Sanders, if he can kick some of the, the, the bad juju from last season, uh, he, he can become a, a, a you know, a, a solidified uh, running back for the, for the Eagles, but we'll see if it happens. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, anything you guys got to add? Last note I wrote down was just uh, on Chris Carson. His play style, his bruising style does lead to him getting banged up from time to time, but he is a little bit more consistent than people give him credit for. He's played in 14 or more games each of the past three years. And this last year was actually his worst year finishing his RB15. The previous two years, he finished his RB12. So uh, low end RB1. So uh, I think he's a little bit more consistent than people give him credit for, but uh, it's kind of similar to Joe Mixon where he might get nicked up and you're not getting, uh, you know, the full package there. For sure. And you can always be assured that at the fantasy football dogs, we will give you the full package. Yeah. We ain't holding back. Bite the pillow. Full package <laughs> in your face. Uh, um, um, I want to, I want to add one last thing. Uh-huh. Um, I think everybody in redraft needs to be snagging whichever one of the Buccaneers running backs um, falls you whatever place you're comfortable with. Like, I want to get one of, like, Ronald Jones, Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, and even, like, Keyshawn Vaughn as, like, a super late um, stash if you have, like, a deep league. But I do think, like, snagging one of them because someone's going to be productive in Tampa 
And um, I, whoever, like you, like I said, falls at like the ADP that you feel fine with taking them and feels like a steal for you, um, I would try to get somebody in the Tampa backfield. Yeah, I think the first one went in the seventh or eighth round in Ronald Jones. So you can get them late there. You know, it's people, I'm me, I almost took Ronald Jones, but you know, they don't know whether to go Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette as far as who's going to, you know, be the dependable one. Um, but yeah, it's a, I do agree that there's going to be, there's going to be weeks where you wish you had probably all of those guys, but it's just going to be hard to predict, um, when, when they're going to come through for you. Uh, but, but anyways, um, yeah, with that guys, uh, we will close out our discussion of our running back one and twos and redraft today. Uh, we'll get into some of these deeper guys with our sleeper episodes and things like that. But, um, yeah, uh, that was a fun discussion. Um, as always, like, subscribe, and uh, you know, give us however many stars, uh, you, you know, five stars or you know, whatever. Stars, and, likes, shares, we take whatever. Yes, and uh, yes. and yeah, for sure. You know, we're happy you guys are listening. Happy to to do this as always, and happy that it is a shortly going to be football season on our TV. So. Uh, yeah, but with that, this is Josiah signing out for Nathan and Micah. Fantasy Dogs out.